Thomas. Welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen from further away today. Joining me as always, looking pretty in pink, Mr. Andy Molitor. Do you like the movie Pretty in Pink? Are you a Molly Ringwald guy? I prefer 16 Candles and obviously The Breakfast Club. Way, way, oh, yeah, way Breakfast better. Club, but, yeah, pretty, pretty in Pink. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's two different leagues, but I put Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles pretty close. I prefer 16 Candles. In today's world, all of those movies have like super problematic racist stuff, which is when you rewatch it, it's like, oh no, the Asian guy, like you can't do that. That like ah, it was 30 years ago, longer, 40 almost, or some of that. You can do whatever you want in the 80s. But yes, I am France more of a salmon. But uh yeah, feeling good, looking good. We had a fun yesterday. I uh is it was it Wednesday yesterday? Yeah, we did a long deep dive on the Chiefs, and we didn't catch as much shit on Twitter as I thought we would for kind of <laughs> dogging on them a, a little. I mean, everything is everything's just a math problem. You know, like we say, you know, the Chiefs, yeah, the, if this and this and this works out, might not lose a game, but if these things we're worried about happen, they might not win their division. Like, there's always, you know, there's a, a range for every team. And right. I mean, the Chiefs, the Chiefs seem to have a very reasonable uh, fan base on Twitter. Despite as successful as they've been, there are there are fan bases that are less than reasonable, and uh, the Chiefs are not one of them. So yeah, it it was a good one last night. Talked some Chargers too, and golf is going now. It's a little slower to get going because you know on we don't have a full field. It's a 69 man event because Patrick Reed is still convalescing. But uh, they they do start a little later in the morning, and they're not doing you know three ball. I don't think. I, I feel like there's probably two guys off each tee. I haven't even looked at scores yet, man. I've been working on football stuff, so I'll have some golf stuff for this afternoon. Alex will have some tennis. I went. Somebody else put me on Martin Sova too, or somebody else I know liked him, so I double dipped there. Sure. A bunch of my AT people liked uh, Emil. Uh, yeah, Rusevari. That was a big one. So I parlayed those as well. Like I just put way too many tennis bets out yesterday, and <laughs> tennis, tennis, yeah, my my tennis went uh, pretty well. So uh, some more of that from you, and uh, we'll talk some NBA and some NFL at the end, and we'll start with WTA. We're heading to Sweet Home Chicago. Charles Schwartz. Hey, it's Rusevoy was the big group pick yesterday. If you want an ATP pick today, a lot of the smart guys like Carlos Alcaraz. So. Take yes. him and do what you will with him. A lot of smart people seem to be on him, but that's not my forte. What I do like, though, Andy, women's totals. Cornet is playing Bondrasova here today. I expect this to be a very competitive match. Um, I actually thought a lot about backing Cornet in, in some way. You get her plus four and a half games, maybe a little sprinkle on the money line, but over 20 looked like a really solid bet to me. If you have 20 and a half at standard juice or better, that's fine. This 20, I think, was minus 15 or, or 20. I think it was minus 20 when I played it. So uh, happy to pay the little juice for that half a game. You know, the 20 versus 20 and a half can be worth that in tennis. So again, I'm expecting a long match here. Again, as always, with a lot of these totals, I'm seeing a set of 7-5, seven, 7-6, seven, something like that. So 7-5, 6-3, something like that. We're in great shape. So we'll take the over with Alizé Cornet playing against Vondrasova, and that's in Chicago this afternoon. Nothing in uh, on Lake Erie there? Is that Lake I Erie? Had, I had one, yeah. Cleveland, uh, I guess it's – well, I always think of the Cuyahoga River. You know, That's, that's where Burn I'm on. 
Anyway, there was one pick I had. It was an over. It looks like it's going down in flames unless Sastovich can make a big turnaround. So luckily we missed that one, folks. But uh, we got a bunch of U.S. Open qualifiers as well this afternoon. So don't worry. It's not just one pick on Thursday. Yeah, Frank, there is Frank. so many matches. Like when I go to try to find these in Flash Score to turn on the notifications, I'm like, God, Flash Score needs a better search function, honestly. But uh, yeah, ton of matches every day. Fewer and fewer as women are being eliminated than men, too, I suppose, on their qualifications side. But it looks like you have at least three, four for today. Yeah, it'll be pretty busy up to tomorrow. Then they kind of get a break, we'll have some finals and stuff over the weekend, and things will ramp up quite in a big way on Monday for the U.S. Open. We might even be able to talk some outrights tomorrow, Andy. So everyone cross your fingers and hope they get the draws out this afternoon. For today, though, again, we're in the qualifiers still for the U.S. Open. I'm going to take Francesca Jones, the um, young, I believe she's Australian, versus Jacqueline Adina Christian. Uh, JAC had a pretty solid clay and grass season, but generally doesn't do as well on the hard courts um, where Jones has played better in the past. I start to go look at some of my numbers. I have Jones as a small favorite right around like minus 120, so plus 115, plus 110, and I actually think this moved against me a little bit this morning, so you might be able to find a plus 120 or plus 125. I like her chances and think that she um, should be Again, a small favorite here over Christian. Um, and then a handful of parlays here. Annalena Friedson, we're going to put her together with Olga Danilovich. Um, you know, again, with parlays, a lot of times I'm not generally too afraid of taking juice, but when I have a bunch of money lines like this that I like, some are a little juicier than others. I'm not afraid to sort of put them together. This is a spot actually where a lot of these women, I would look to maybe take alt spreads, but it's qualifying, so that's not really an option. So we're going to take a handful and put them together. Annalena Friedsome, um, she is, I think, playing um, Lucretia Stefani. I I'm sorry, I don't have that name written down, but Friedson playing earlier. We're going to put her together with Danilovich. Danilovich playing Sasha Vickery, um, an American player that gets into this event because she's in the U.S. And um, I'm not sure if she was a wild card, but is starting to struggle from a point standpoint to even maintain the ranking you need to get a qualifying spot here. Just played very poor tennis, generally struggles with a lot of injuries. So I like Danilovich's chances here. Um, the younger player finally starting to get out of her teens, and um, as her body grows up a little bit, she's getting more consistent. She's very talented. I think we'll see a lot of her. Um, Harriet Dart is the woman that's playing Lucrezia Stefani. Talked about Stefani a little bit yesterday. Um, went against her, was very surprised that she won that match. Obviously, it was kind of a mess for her opponent. So happy to go against her today against Harriet Dart, who's been playing nice tennis, much better on hard courts. We'll put her together with Ursula Rodwanska, not Agnieszka. I forget exactly what her sister's name, Rodwanska, the older. But um, Ursula here, we're going to put with Harriet Dart. Rodwanska's um, going to play Frederica Desara, someone, you know, is a younger player that made it in this field, which is a pretty big accomplishment for her. She, I don't expect her to make it very far. She generally doesn't even play lower WTA events. And then the last one, Katie Bolter, who is playing Vitalia Diachenko, an older player that's kind of running out matches as her ranking before her ranking points fall. The way tennis generally works, everyone, you get points for tournaments that you won last year. So you have sometimes older players that are holding on to a bunch of points that are kind of in the last year or so of their career. But take those points to get entries. You can win prizes. I mean, just for showing up for things like this. So a player like that against Katie Volter, I think, is mispriced. The Brit, um, very good. 
on grass. I think people haven't seen her play in a little while, so we're getting some value there. And again, we'll put her with Callan Sky, one of my favorite players to back on hard courts, is playing another player similar to Diachenko, uh, Greta Maticapulo, who is another older player, again, kind of phasing down. So a handful of women there. I put them all kind of in singles here. You could round robin them at threes if you wanted. Put them all together as a six of them. I think it was like 11 or 12 to one, but a bunch of money lines I like today. Um, put them all together, do what you want, but that's what I did. Round robin that stuff. Get weird with it. I agree. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to look for some of these. There's again, there's so many matches. It's such a pain for me to find some of this stuff. Read some. They have already started. Uh, you, should, you, should, you, should, you should. Yeah, you should only be betting Cleveland and, and Chicago. It makes it easier for me. <laughs> Speaking of only one event, there really is. I don't know. There's a there's a Champions League event and there's a Champion Tour. I think there's actually a Euro Tour, maybe or Japanese Tour. One of the other Sunshine Canadian Mackenzie, whatever. But really, we're looking at the FedEx playoffs only for golf this week. Uh, if you watched last night, was that last night I golfed? Yeah, it was last night I golfed. Mm-hmm. He gave out Brooks Kepka at 29 to 1 to be the first round leader, and he is minus two through minus two through two holes. I just checked That's the live odds down to 10 to 1 live, which on I pace for 18 under. Yeah, you can't birdie them all if you don't birdie the first two. For hopefully that would that one would feel good. Honestly, like hitting a first round leader kind of pays for your tournament. Like if if you're betting those, you know, properly, you you literally shouldn't be able to lose money unless you're going absolutely hog wild on everything else. Which I didn't because I don't love this tournament a ton. I did play a few though, as we uh, are going to go over here. I only played one first round. And really, I didn't like a lot of the stuff in the morning. Also, I had some problems yesterday at the office with the internet and my wife having jury duty and the kids <laughs> being a pain in my ass. Like, everything. Sorry, darling. Sorry, darling. But uh, everything was against me yesterday for betting golf, which may be a blessing in disguise. But I did look at some stuff last night. I kind of put together some of the ones I liked this afternoon. So, uh, Jonathan Vegas over Mr. Munoz today at minus 110. That's a round one play. These all go off fairly soon somewhere around noon, one o'clock, maybe a little later East time, but just that one, uh, Vegas can struggle with the putting, but otherwise all around game has been pretty solid lately. And then uh, a couple of handicaps on the full tournament, because these are a little bit of a juicier favorites. And I, I laid the one and a half strokes. So they do need to win by two strokes to win these bets full tournament. You cannot win on the cut. There's no cut. So it's a little tougher this week too. You don't get the, Hey, he won by one stroke, but they were on the cut line win bullshit. But uh, Alexander Norin, not somebody I back a ton, but I'm looking to fade Harmon a little this week. And my guy, Taylor Gooch over uh clean living, Chris Kirk. I'm just going to take those two ads. Minus one and a half handicaps, getting plus 108 and plus 105, respectively. That's it for now. I will probably look after round one once I get a good feeling for some of these. Um, apologies if you bet Ustuzen. I shouldn't apologize yet. He hasn't withdrawn yet. But, man, he he said some bad stuff about his neck. We're basically like, yeah, my neck hurts a lot. It feels better. But if it goes to hell again, that wouldn't surprise me. So he's a withdrawal waiting to happen. That, that's yeah, not that's not good right now. But, Hopefully, uh, just a nice thing withdraws beforehand instead of going out there and it costs us all a few bucks. Yeah, just to, to maybe maybe hurt your neck on the driving range in the morning. That would be better. Is that better or worse than in finishing second? Uh, probably worse. <laughs> yeah. NBA award market season, Andy. It's upon us. 
We talked about most improved player last week. I got another one this week. The NBA Sixth Man of the Year Award. Looks like that's up a bunch of different places. Um, we'll talk about this, obviously, but if you want to, did a write-up, posted this on my BetSperts account, um, and you can also find on Twitter at AceNBAPreviews where I'll be putting out a lot of this stuff, just a longer-form version. You can see some statistics. But as you look at the Sixth Man of the Year Award, historically this goes to kind of a spug, spark plug kind of guard, somebody who comes off the bench, scores a lot of points. Like last year we had Jordan Clarkson. Um we had Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford won this award a handful of times. It's also a player that tends to be on a very good team. Going back, um, the average record of the team that the Sixth Man of the Year Award winner was on is around 65%. So, And it generally goes to veterans. I think part of that is it takes time for some of the better players to accept a bench role and get used to it. So you know, we're looking for veterans that are going to come off the bench, score some points, be kind of an instant offense factor, and they're going to be on good teams. And as I started to look through and sift through a lot of the odds, there were some interesting names, but three stood out to me, especially at their prices. The first, Derek Rose, he is the backup guard for the New York Knicks. He is a huge piece for them. When he plays, their record is significantly better. I think they were five, six games over 500 with him, about 10 games under 500 or something without him. Um, and I'm not sure I did that right. But again, makes a big difference on that team is in New York. It's always nice to have somebody in a big media market where you're going to have more voters and things. So Rose at 18 to one fits the bill is everything we're looking for. The Knicks record might not be in the 65% range, but they're going to be a winning team. I expect them to be a top five, six seed. So that should be good enough with how good I think Rose can be off the bench. Patty Mills is going to be the backup, you know, the first guard off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets. I think he'll get a chance to play a lot of big minutes, honestly, on that team, especially if Kyrie Irving and James Harden are missing games. But he will be coming off the bench. Again, a spark plug guard, exactly what you're looking for. He's been competitive for this award a few seasons when he was with the Spurs. I think finished second or third in voting a couple times. I think he's going to fit in perfectly with this Nets team. We saw the Olympics, what he's capable of in big moments, how he's able to raise his game. So I think we're going to have a couple games where he puts up some nice points, a couple big moments at the end of games where he's making three-pointers, and the Nets are going to be great. I think everything's going to line up for him. And also Brooklyn, Andy, in New York, more New York media members. Finally, Carmelo Anthony is going to be That's where the media lives. That's right. Another big media town, Los Angeles. The Lakers signed Carmelo Anthony. He's going to go play with his buddy LeBron. As I start to look at that team and who's coming off the bench, I struggle to see who besides Carmelo Anthony is really going to be bringing any offense unless this talent, talent Horton Tucker guy is a lot better than uh, he has been. So as I look at this team, he isn't a guard, but I think he's going to come on the floor, be instant offense for a Lakers team that's going to be very good this year. So happy to grab him at a pretty big number at 50-1. to 1. Again, all three guys coming off the bench, instant offense. Check out my fuller write-up. You can get my thoughts on a handful of other guys I did bet and a few other things but three guys for us for six man of the year andy where did where'd you write that at uh i wrote it at ace nba previews but i did share it on my betsports account so you can find it there and also at ace nba yeah, previews just, yeah, where we put out yeah. all those player prop stuff i just want to go find it i would i would actually like to read this so and apologies if you sent me waving around and stuff i had someone my internet went out i'm actually running this off a hotspot off my phone to a laptop so i oh, had no. someone stop by trying to fix it i'm like man just a Horrible timing. I'll give you a call in five minutes once we're done. But I'd be super happy if my internet was fixed. That would be awesome. That's uh, it's good to have first internet. world. Yeah, first world problems. But it is the biggest pain in the ass when that does go out. All right. Let's close with some football. Let's close with our win bet. Uh, prop market for the day. Not prop market. More. I don't want to call it an award market either. This is. I guess it's a season long prop in 
who will win the fewest games. And if you do look at this, the Texans are favored. But every day that ticks by that Deshaun Watson's not traded and it's looking like he will be able to play for the full season, just based on how this legal stuff is working out, I don't know if they should be chalked. It's a pretty poor team, and it won't be talented, but just having a high-end quarterback probably gets you, you know, three, four, five wins just by accident. That sort of stuff happens. And, you know, I've been down on the Lions. The Jets are having all kinds of defensive injuries. But really, uh, one of my one of my win totals, I went, I went uh, uh, what was it, my synthetic – alternate funders on the Bengals kind of has me looking at the Bengals at plus 850 and then maybe the Jags at 1300 you know I'm I'm excited about Lawrence but man that I've heard some bad quotes out of camp already players aren't pumped about having Urban Meyer as their coach so those are those are a couple I looked at right away anything for you Mr. Christensen the Texans number was something I looked at early in the offseason this was up at like plus 400 so it's taken some money it's come down to plus 210 I agree. I don't think that I would play it at this number, not just because you missed the best of the number, but if Watson's back, I mean, they're going to win a couple games just because he's their quarterback, especially in that division that's kind of soft. And that was kind of the same thing I had with the Jaguars. Like, I don't know if you can bet on the Jaguars simply because they get to play the Texans twice. We don't know what the Colts are going to look like from an injury perspective. So I kind of crossed those two teams off. I don't mind the Lions, but the Jets and the Bengals really stuck out to me. Um, I like what you said about the Bengals. That's a solid division. We know Joe Burrow is in 100%, and that's not a great way to start the year. Jamar Chase is uh, looks like he's moving in the opposite direction of Watson in terms of his possible ability to play. We'll see how that goes. So a lot of negative things for the Bengals. And then the Jets at 8-1, to one, I think, is – you know, if you believe the Patriots are going to be good, if you believe the Dolphins are going to be good, I think this is a great bet at eight to one. The rest of their schedule isn't too easy. They're going to be a tough in division. So I was looking at Jets and Bengals around eight to one. Yeah, I don't hate that. And yeah, I already, I already am looking at betting a few Jets games based on some of the injuries they've had. So if you do want to bet those, do check out our title sponsor, WinBet, if you're in a legal state. I just was on the phone with one of their traders yesterday looking to be opening in more states. The Arizona stuff's flying now. A few other places that are legalizing there. You know, obviously, they want as many people to sign up and work with them and use their products. So as soon as states are popping up, they're working their ass off to get the proper registration. I don't know how that whole stuff works. Like you got to fill out a bunch of paperwork, I'm sure. It's just red tape and bureaucracy, but they are working. So I'll let you know once we have more states up. And if you want, you can get your $500 risk-free bet in one of the states that's already there. You can sign up using our links at Brown Bag Bets. And with that, let's, uh, let's call it a day and I'm going to go see if this internet's going to work and that'll be exciting. And then maybe have some lunch. Good Sounds luck fun. to you. And yeah, thanks a lot for everybody who joined us in the chat, everybody who joins us every day. If you're in the YouTube, give us a thumbs up and let's hit the music, Matt. Huh?